Thanks for listening to the Cool Church Podcast. This is Terrence Wilson, lead pastor of Cool Church. We're praying that wherever you are on this journey, that this message encourages you. And we want you to know that you were created out of love. And now, here's today's message. Amen. All right, y'all. Well, you know, Pastor Terrence kind of set me up. (laughs) And I... I'm really excited because I have the honor of kicking off our new series. It is called Test Season. Test Season. Man, okay, I'm going to be real with you guys. So when Pastor Terrence, you know, put me on the schedule for this um, for this series, we were kind of joking about it in the office. Like it was a joke, but it kind of wasn't a joke. But and we were laughing because I was like, well, you know, I feel like that makes sense because my whole life feels like a test. You know, I was like, yeah, we're laughing. But I'm like, no, literally, I feel like my whole life is a test. Um, But there has been so many seasons that, you know, as I feel that I'm like about to take a breath, right, as I feel like, okay, you know, I'm finding a rhythm, I'm finding a flow out of nowhere, here comes something else, right, that requires a new level of obedience and surrender, right? Can anybody like relate to that? You know, I'm like, okay, Jesus, first of all, this was supposed to be a season. (laughs) It does not feel like a season. Right? But that's okay. Here we are. And before I know it, I've entered a new test season. And if if you're in this place and you can relate to that, you know, sometimes it feels like you cannot catch a break. Like I always say, I'm like, life be lifing. Right? You know, it feels, it's real out in these streets. I be feeling like I'm fighting for my life at times. And if that resonates with you, I want you to know that there is more to where you are right now, that this is not the final destination. And I believe that God has given me a word for anyone who's in this place and they feel like they are in a test season. You feel like you are in the verge of breaking. I want to encourage you to embrace the fire. Embrace the test because beautiful things are made in the fire. And I want you to know that I know sometimes it feels like punishment, but I believe that you have not been thrown into the fire for punishment. It is for refinement. It is for refinement. And God will be glorified in it if you lean into the test. You have to lean in. So test season, as we're going through this series, we're going to be talking about different people in the Bible and reading through different stories um, of people that went through tests for the testing of their faith, for the developing of who they, you know, were called to be and what they were called to do. And um, today, as I start this off, I want to talk about what it looks like to go through the process, to stay in position as you go through the test. And so when we're talking about the concept of testing, you can actually look throughout scripture. It's nothing that is new. It is from the very beginning, right? We could look at the Old Testament. We hear about um, Abraham who was asked to sacrifice his son Isaac. We could look at um, Job. My Jesus, did Job go through so many testing? And he remained faithful. He lost everything, but he remained faithful to the God that he served. And then we have Daniel who was thrown into the lion's den. But then we can also look into the New Testament, right? And we can see all the different trials and tribulations that the disciples went through for the cost of Christ. Pastor Terrence preached on the story last week. 
But today, I actually want to um, share this message, and it's going to be from one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's about three Hebrew boys who were tested, they were thrown into the fire, not just like figuratively, they were literally thrown into the fire. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to Daniel 3, because we are going to read the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. All right, so y'all hang in with me. I'm going to do the whole story, but you know, we got this. So Daniel 3. King Nebuchadnezzar made an image of gold, 60 cubits high and six cubits wide, and set it up on the plain of Dora in the province of Babylon. He then summoned the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials to come to the dedication of the image he has set up. So the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the other provincial officials assembled for the dedication of the image that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. And they stood before it. Then the herald loudly proclaimed, nations and people of every language, this is what you are commanded to do. As soon as you hear the sound of the horn, flute, scyther, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, you must fall down and worship the image of gold that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. Whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into the blazing furnace. Therefore, as soon as they heard the sound of the horn, flute, scyther, lyre, harp, and all kinds of music, all the nations and people of every language fell down, worshipped the image of gold, and the king Nebuchadnezzar had set up. At this time, some astrologers came forward and denounced the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, may the king live forever. Your majesty has said, your majesty has issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, scyther, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music must fall down and worship the image of gold. And that whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a blazing furnace. But there are some Jews who you have set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who pay no attention to your majesty. They neither serve your gods nor worship the image of gold you have set up. He was straight snitching. Furious with rage, Nebuchadnezzar summoned Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. And Nebuchadnezzar said, said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you do not serve my God or worship the image of gold that I have set up? Now, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, scyther, lyre, harp, pipe, and all kinds of music, if you are ready to fall down and worship the image I made, very good. But if you do not worship it, you will be thrown immediately into a blazing furnace. Then what God will be able to rescue you from my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, King Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. And if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it. And he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. 
Then Nebuchadnezzar was furious with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and his attitude towards them changed. He ordered the furnace heated seven times hotter than usual and, the, and commanded some of his strongest soldier, soldiers in his army to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king command was so urgent that the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. Then King Nebuchadnezzar leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? He replied, Certain, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like the son of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels and rescued his servant. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any god except their own. Therefore, I decree that the people of any nation or language who says anything against the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be, be cut into pieces and their house be turned into piles of rubble. For no other God can save in this way. Then, king, then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you, Jesus, because I believe that you have given me a word, Father, for anyone and everyone that's in this place that feels like they are discouraged, like feels like they can't catch a break, that uh, that they've been going through the test, Lord God. I pray that, that we would leave this place re-energized with new faith, built up with hope, Lord God, and with the ability to stand firm and know that you have never lost a battle, that you are for us and you have been for us from the beginning of time. God, I pray that I may lie, lie down so that you can rise up and that as your word goes forward, forth, it will, it will not return void, Jesus. I pray that we would leave this place forever changed. It is in your name that I pray. Amen. Amen. So this is actually one of my favorite stories in the Bible because my God, there's so much there. But well, let me just say this. The fact that I even read that whole story and pronounced it half of the name, like that is me going through the fire and that's a test. Because if you know, you know, my Sp pastor knows my Spanish, my English, it just be a lot. But you know, I made it, I practiced, praise Jesus. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate the encouragement. So I want to give you guys um, some context before we really get into this message and the first half of Daniel, it actually contains stories of the Israelites remaining faithful to God in the midst of exile. 
And so this is actually one of those stories. And Daniel and his friends, they are exiles in Babylon. So basically, they were taken by the king. You could consider them to be like refugees, immigrants. They were taken by the king to be trained in the ways of the Babylonians. So the king was looking for like the strongest men, the best looking men, like the wisest men, right? Because he wanted them to be um, a part of his palace, right? And to be at service for him. And so if we start off in chapter, in chapter uh, Daniel chapter 1, we can see that from the very beginning, their faith is tested. And they start to show their loyalty to God first by refusing to eat the meat and the wine and the food that was served in the palace. So how many of us here, you know, we've heard of the Daniel fast. Right? Okay, this is where that is influenced from, right? So Daniel tells the official that was over them, like, hey, we don't want to eat your meat. We don't want to drink your wine. We just want to eat vegetable and drink water. And so the official at first, he was kind of like, eh, I don't know, because then you're not going to look as strong and as nourished as the other guys. But God had caused um, them to have favor with this official. And so Daniel tells the official, like, hey, let's test it out for 10 days. If this works, fine. If it doesn't, then okay, that's fine. So, of course, after the 10 days, the official sees that they actually look better nourished than the, other, than the rest of the men that were being trained. And so they continue to go on with this. Now, um, that led to them being promoted. That led to them um, being able to have, like, different insight and revelation um, than the rest of the men. And so the king ended up seeing that there was no other men that were equal to Daniel and his friends. And so they got promoted, and then we get to Daniel chapter 2. And in Daniel chapter 2, King Nebuchadnezzar, he has a dream. And so he has his dream. He wants this dream to be interpreted. And so he asks for all the like astrologers and the magicians and the different wise men to come and tell him the dream first. So that way he can know that they can actually interpret the dream. So, of course, none of the magicians and the wise men or anything like that were able to interpret the dreams. But Daniel was. And so God revealed the dream to Daniel. Daniel tells the king the dream, and then he interprets the dream. And so Daniel's first prophecy over King Nebuchadnezzar involved the interpretation of his dream about a statue that represented the rise and the fall of earthly kingdoms and the ultimate reign of the kingdom of God. So basically, he tells them, like, in this dream, right, like, you are the head is made out of gold, and you're, like, the strongest, you have the strongest kingdom, and then there's going to be these other kingdoms that are going to come, but they're not going to be as strong, but then this fourth kingdom is going is to come, and that's the kingdom of God, and all of these other kingdoms are going to fall, and this is going to be the one that reigns forever. So then, what does King Nebi do? We're going to call him Nebi because his name is long. So what does King Nebi do? Boom! He decides to make a statue of himself completely of gold. And this is where we find ourselves, right? Daniel chapter 3. He makes this statue of gold, and then he requires everybody to bow down and worship it because he wanted to let them know, like, hey, there's not going to be any other kingdom that can overtake my kingdom, right? That can overtake my power. And so, of course, like Daniel and his boys have been doing from the beginning, they're like, nah, we're not going to bow down to your gods. We're not going to worship any of your Babylonian idols. And so Nebuchadnezzar gets in his feelings. He decides to turn up the furnace heat, and then he calls for Daniel and his boys to get thrown into the fire. Amen? 
Y'all with me? Okay, praise Jesus. Y'all with me. So I love this story because we can look at this story and we can see how we should respond and what our posture should be when we face the trials and the tribulations for the testing of our faith. Because that's literally what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through. Their faith was tested. And they were ready to face death. Even if they weren't spared by God, I mean, they were like, I know my God can deliver us. But even if he does not, they remain steadfast. They remain remain devoted to the Lord and his kingdom. They were not easily shaken. And so the truth is that as believers, we will all go through tests. It's not something that we could avoid. We're all going to go through tests. We're going to feel the pressures of life, and we're going to face obstacles, and there will be moments that our faith will be tested and challenged. And if there's one thing that I've learned is that you cannot shortcut the test. There is no easy way out of the test. And if you don't lean into the test, you're going to find yourself going through the test again. The situation might be a little bit different, but at the core, the principle is the same. So you're going to have to go through the same test until you learn the lesson that you're supposed to. You're going to keep going through the same mountain. So when we look at the word test, the definition is a procedure intended to establish the quality performance or reliability of something, especially before it is taken into widespread use. Let's be real. Some of us, our quality and our performance and our reliability needs to be established before we could be fully used by God because we can't be fully used by God if we're not aware of the things that need to be processed, of the things that need to be removed, of the things that need to be developed and changed. You have to be tested before you are put into widespread use, because if not, you will be a limited vessel for the kingdom of God. And so as I look through the scriptures, I've come to realize that when you are tested, it's usually for two reasons. The first one being, God wants to reveal and God wants to refine. God wants to reveal and God wants to refine. Testing exposes what's really in your heart. It exposes what you believe. It exposes your faith. It exposes your loyalty. Are you really about what you said you're about? God will take you through some things so that you can see things about yourself. There is a revealing that takes place. And then testing refines. Imagine who you will be if you never go through anything. You need the refiner's fire in order to grow, mature, and become more like him. When you are being refined, God is stripping you and removing all that is impure. So what I'm saying is that only fire refines, gold test refines your faith. Testing yields fruit. Is it easy? No, but it is fruitful and it is necessary for your sanctification process. Refinement produces purity, holiness, cleanliness, a new thing. So as you're going through the test, this is what's going to prove your faith to be genuine because pressure will always reveal what's really there. And so today as we're talking about what it looks like to be in a test season, I want to challenge you and prompt you with these two questions. First, when you are facing the test, what is your first response? What is your first response? And then secondly, as you go through the test, what is your attitude? What is your posture? 
Because you can rest assured that no matter what pit, lion's den, or furnace you find yourself in today, God is for you. You are covered. You are protected. And you will come out victorious. He has never lost a battle. He is holding you and walking you through. Isaiah 43, 2 says, when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So turn your eyes to the author and the finisher of your faith. If it's not okay, that means he's not done yet. You have to believe that there is more to what you're going through. There is more to what you could see. There is more to what you could feel. You have to believe that there is more beyond the test. And that is the title of this message, Believing Beyond the Test. When you believe beyond the test, the first thing is this. You can say, but even if. Your response is, but even if. Daniel 3, 18, right? It says, we don't need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty hand. But even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego response to the king reflected confidence in the God that they served, but it also reflected the level of loyalty that they had towards the God that they served. Because if there's one thing about being tested, it will always reveal your level of loyalty because it is easy for us to be loyal and for us to be down for the ride when things are going good, when it's all rainbows and butterflies, when it feels good, when we're all happy, but then what happens when it doesn't? What happens when you're asked to surrender? What happens when you're asked to pick up your cross, when you're going through the valley lows? What happens? Will your response still be, but even if? So let me ask you today, will you remain loyal even if? Even if you lose that dream job or that dream career that you've worked so hard for? That position and that you don't get that promotion that you've been praying for, will you remain loyal? Will you remain loyal even if you lose the loved one, even though you were praying and fasting and believing and declaring for God to heal them and save them? Will you remain loyal even if, even if your marriage seems to be falling apart and your spouse is acting up and there's some infidelity happening and, and they're acting out of character, will you remain loyal even if? Even if God asks you to let go and surrender of that relationship that you were really wanting or if that diagnosis is different than what you were expecting to hear, will you remain loyal even if? if you, even if you have not received that healing that you are believing for yet, will you remain loyal? When you believe beyond the test, you can say, this isn't good, but I know that he is good. Even if, even if things seem to be falling apart, I know that he is faithful. Even if I can see how this is a part of his plan, his plans are better than my plans. His ways are better than my ways. I may not see it. I may not feel like it. My heart may be broken. Life is hard. I don't see a way out. I feel like this mountain is too big. I feel like I'm drowning, but I know that I know that he is who he said he is, and he will do what he said he will do. Will you keep that same energy? 
Will you keep that same energy? Because keeping that same energy means you can say that it is well with my soul. No matter who comes, no matter what goes, it is well with my soul. Jesus, I may not have the strength right now, but it is well with my soul. God, this feels too heavy. I feel like you're stretching me. I don't know if I could do this, but it is well with my soul. God, I don't have nothing else to give, but it is well with my soul. I don't understand it. It's not fair. Matter of fact, I feel like I don't even deserve this, God, but it is well with my soul. I feel a little discouraged. I actually feel disappointed. And Lord, if I could be real, I'm mad right now, but it is well with my soul. As we go through the test, we sometimes have to encourage and remind ourselves that it is well with my soul. You can stand in confidence and allow this to be your response because you serve a God that fights on your behalf. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood this. That's why their response was, even if we, were th- if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. We can stand steadfast because he is our vindicator. He is our vindicator. Deuteronomy 3.22 says, don't be afraid of them. The Lord your God himself will fight for you. Exodus 14.13 through 14 says, Moses answered his people, don't be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that the Lord will bring to you today. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. And I feel in my spirit that that's a word for somebody. There are some people in this place that they've been trying to figure out how they're going to go through this situation. They've been trying to take things into their hands and the Lord is saying I just need you to be still let him fight for you he is your vindicator be still let him fight for you he is your defender be still he goes before you and he knows exactly what you need when you need it be still and know amen You see, you don't compromise when the fire gets too hot, when things get hard, when it feels uncomfortable because you have confidence in the God that is fighting for you. That means that when the pressure is added, the fire is going to get hotter, it's going to increase, but you will not be easily moved because you know that this isn't the end, that this is not the final destination, that you are not alone. You have a God that is with you, he is for you, and he will send his angels concerning you. Amen? Secondly, when you believe beyond the test, you embrace the fire. You embrace the fire, and this speaks to your attitude and to your posture. Daniel 3, 21 to 25. So these men wearing their robes, trousers, turbans, and other clothes were bound and thrown into the blazing furnace. The king's command was so urgent and the furnace was so hot that the flames of the fire killed the soldiers who had took who took up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and and these three men firmly tied fell into the blazing furnace. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, leaped to his feet in amazement and asked his advisors, weren't there, weren't there three men we tied up and threw into the fire? They replied, certainly, your majesty. He said, look, I see four men walking around the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of God. They were walking in the fire. Family, don't despise the fire. Lean into the fire. Many of us have been wanting to run away from the things that's, uh, that, the thing that's uncomfortable, the thing that breaks us, the thing that stretches us. 
ultimately from the test, but there is purpose in the test. There is purpose in the test. Stop resenting the test. Don't allow the fire to make you bitter. Allow it to make you better. Because many of us have been resenting the thing that we're supposed to be embracing. I love what James 1, 2 to 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when trouble of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. In other words, count it all joy, for I know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. So when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect, complete, needing nothing. Don't despise the fire. That is how you get to a place of being perfect and complete, needing nothing. Let your posture say, you know what? It is hard, but it is beautiful. This is different than what I envisioned, but it is beautiful. It may feel too heavy right now, but it is beautiful because beautiful things are fortified in the fire. And if I'm being real, this might just be the training ground for where God is wanting to take you. And he's using this to prepare you because stamina is being built. Resilience, endurance, character, integrity is being developed. The test may just be the part of the process for when you get the prayers that you've been praying, right? For when God answers those prayers. I prophesy that he is preparing you for the prayers that you have been praying. But if you don't lean into the fire, you won't know how to steward that thing well. And so there is some processing that needs to happen. There is some processing that needs to happen. I remember that I used to get so discouraged and frustrated um, when things would like begin to go haywire in my life. And like, I'm a control freak, so I like to have like that sense of control, right? And I mean like, who likes to go through like hard times? Let's be real, right? But if I'm being honest, I've come to a place in my life, like when I'm going through hardships, you know, I'll be like, okay, Jesus, like this is what we're doing again? Okay, cool. All right, let's do it. And, you know, don't get me wrong, like, I'm a human. I have my moments. I'm going to cry because, you know, thugs cry too. <laughs> I'm going to cry, but I'm not going to sit in it for too long. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and take this to Jesus. And you know what? I feel like I've already been through the worst of it. So it just must mean that God is preparing me for something new. It just means that God is wanting to do something different in me. Matter of fact, he's about to take me into a new level. So there's some shedding that needs to happen. There's some processing that needs to happen in order for me to experience what's next. When you look at the word refined, it means impurity or unwanted elements removed by processing. This place of refinement is a place of brokenness and processing. And nothing feels good about it. That's uncomfortable. Because there is a dying to self that needs to take place. There is a mourning from what was to what is being made. And that's where we find our hope, right? That it just doesn't end there, that there is more. There is something new that is being made. It's a roller coaster. And yes, there's going to be moments where like, okay, God, I hear you. Yes, like I'm ready. And then there's going to be moments where you're like, yo, God, I have nothing else to give where you're not going to feel him. But you have to simply remind yourself that even if you don't feel him, it's okay, he is there because his presence is not a feeling, it's a fact. It's a fact, it's a promise. We are called to embrace and rejoice in the refinement. We must have an attitude of gratitude. 
Why is gratitude our response? Because we know that it's not over. We know that there is another in the fire. So don't don't despise the fire. Praise God in the fire because that's where he will be. Matter of fact, if there's some any if there's any people in this place that have been going through the fire, why don't you just take these few seconds and give God thanks for the fire? God, we worship you in the fire. God, I'm going to praise you in the fire because I know there's a developing that is happening in me. I know you're just trying to make me more like you. I know this is not the end. I know this is just the beginning. I know that I am surrounded by you and you go before me. I am not alone. I rejoice and I counted joy in every battle, struggle, challenge, hardship, and test because he is with me. Amen? Going through the test will put you in the best position to develop and stretch in capacity so that you can receive all that God has for you and so that you can be all that God has called you to be. I love what Pastor Terrence said last week, right? Growth comes with pain and sacrifice. So what I'm saying is don't give up. Don't forfeit the test too soon. I know that it may seem a little bit easier to throw in the towel right now, to take the easy way out, to go back to what's comfortable, to compromise and to give into the temptation, but at the cost of what? Your peace of mind, your relationship with Jesus, your legacy, the generations to come, your destiny, your eternity, your salvation. Do you want to partially experience all that God has for you or you want the whole thing? Because some of us, right, I want it all too. Because some of us need to build some intestinal fortitude in order to see the other side of that promise. We can't give up too soon. We can't throw in the towel too soon. Will it be costly? Absolutely. You're going to have to sacrifice, but it's going to be worth it. And I don't know about you, but I don't want some of what God has for me. I want the whole thing. So if that means that I have to sit in this fire a little bit longer in order to be shaped it, in order to be molded, in order to be refined and purified, then so be it. So be it. And here's a side note. It matters who you go through the fire with. Because I can only just imagine like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, like they had one another. How encouraging it is to have people that will be able to come alongside you. Like community matters. So make sure that the people who you have with you will be able to walk through the fire with you and rejoice with you. Make sure that they are not the people that will cause you to compromise and to question God because not everyone has the capacity to walk through the fire with you. And listen, a lot of us like to get offended. We like to feel some kind of way when people start acting different. We need to get to a place in our life when we're like, baby, if you can't handle the heat, you can get up out the kitchen. Because not everybody can handle the refinement that God is doing in your life. Not everyone has the capacity to come alongside you. And that is okay. That is okay. Don't allow them to hinder the work that God is doing in you, through you, and for you. Because who you go through the test matters. Will they have you questioning and compromising or will they embrace the fire with you? I, ref I remember a few weeks ago, I actually had the opportunity to connect with a friend um, and we had not seen each other in like about a year and a half. And if I'm being honest, we actually fell off because she didn't know how to come alongside me in one of the hardest seasons of my life. In other words, she did not have the capacity to walk through the fire with me. 
And you know, when we reconnect, reconnected, there goes that Spanish, you know, when we reconnected, um, it was really cool. She was able to share her heart um, and, you know, ask for forgiveness. And then we were able to catch up and all that great stuff. And as we're like catching up and I'm telling her like everything that's been going on in my life, she's like, yo, Yadi, like you're so different. She's like, you're so different. Like even your aura is different. The way you talk, the way you sound is different. And I'm looking at her like, sis, I am different. I've been through some things. The Lord has been processing me. He has been developing me. I've been thrown into the furnace. I'm not the same person I was a year ago. I'm not the same person I was a month ago. And if I'm being honest, I'm not the same person I was a week ago. And it's okay. I understand not everyone can handle the anointing on my life. And not everyone can understand that I've changed because I've been through the fire. That is why I don't look the same. That is why I don't talk the same. That's why I act differently. I'm absolutely different. I've evolved. I am evolving. I am different because I've been through the fire. The Lord said, behold, I am doing a new thing. Some of us need to start praising God that they're saying, man, you acting a little bit brand new. You're not acting like you used to. You changed up on us. You're different. Praise God I'm different. I'm not that same person. I am made a new creature in Jesus. He said, I am doing a new thing. Embrace the fire. My last point and the band could come up. When you believe beyond the test, you understand that it is bigger than you. It is bigger than you. Daniel 3, 25 through 27. He said, look, I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed. And the fourth looks like a son of God, (coughs) of the gods. Nebuchadnezzar then approached the opening of the blazing furnace and shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came out of the fire, and the satraps, prefects, governors, and royal advisors crowded around them. They saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched, and there was no smell of fire on them. Mm. There was no smell of fire on them. Let me ask you, when you are going through the test, what is it saying about the God that you serve? Is it bringing him honor? Is it bringing him glory? Because going through the test, it is not about you. And yes, you're going to grow. You're going to be, you know, you're going to develop. You're going to mature and all these great things are going to come from it. But God is building you up so that he can be glorified. Daniel 3.28 says, Then Nebuchadnezzar said, Praise be to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who sent his angels and rescued his servants. They trusted in him and defied the king's command and were willing to give up their lives rather than serve or worship any other God except their own. It is beyond you. There's going to be times that you're going to go through a test so that you can testify. Because how you go through the test can ruin or build your witness. What I'm saying is, do you look like what you've been through? Do you look like what you've been through? Do you smell like what you've been through? 
Don't be so consumed with you that you miss out on the opportunity to be to bring to bring God glory and to display the hope that is found in Jesus. Because if we actually read a few chapters ahead, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, friend Daniel, he actually gets thrown into the lion's den for the testing of his faith. And I can only imagine that as Daniel is going through this, he probably said, you know what? I remember when God came through for my boys. So surely enough, if he did it for them, I know that means he could do it for me. Be the person that people can look at and be encouraged and reminded of the power of God. That they can say, you know what? God rescued her. That sure enough means that he could rescue me. God delivered him. That sure enough means that he can res- He could deliver me. How you go through the test will witness to others and it will cause others to believe. Genesis, Genesis 50, 20, what the enemy meant for bad, God will use for good. And I love this because in Daniel 27, 3, 27, it says, they saw that the fire had not harmed their bodies, nor was a hair of their, was a hair of their head singed. Their robes were not scorched and there was no smell of fire on them. There was no smell of fire on them. But not only that, if you actually read a little bit further, Nobody was even allowed to talk about the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and it ended with them being promoted. So what I'm saying is that God works all things out for the good of those that love him and have been called according to his purpose. And I prophesy that even though you're going through the fire and as you walk through the fire, you will not come out smelling like the fire. This is just a test that is building your testimony. This is just not, this is just a season. It is not the final destination. There is more. There is more. I love what Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 4, 16 through 18. It says, so we are not to give up. So we are not giving up. How could we? Even though on the outside, it often looks like things are falling apart on us. On the inside where God is making new life, not a day goes by with his, without his unfolding grace. These hard times are just small potatoes compared to the coming good times. The lavish celebration prepared for us. There is far more than what meets the eye. The things we see now are here today and gone tomorrow, but the things we cannot see will last forever. If you stay steadfast, I believe that your declaration will be and can be. I've been, I've been tried, but I came out through. I came out through. So today, let your heart's prayer be, Lord, it doesn't matter what I have to go through in this world. As long as you are glorified in it, I will remain steadfast. I will remain faithful. I will embrace the fire. I will lean into it because it is not about me. I believe that God is saying, I'm going to stretch you, but you won't break. You may bend a little bit, but you're not going to break. You will be okay. I am with you. I am showing you how to trust me in all things. And I am expanding your capacity because where you're going is going to require more. It is going to require deeper. It requires me. I just need you to believe. 
I just need you to believe. And so I believe that there are some folks in this place that feel like you're in the fire, like you are currently going through a test season. And it just feels like the fire is increasing, like you just can't seem to get no relief. You've been crying out, and I know that it is frustrating. I know that it is overwhelming, and I know that at times it actually feels really lonely. But I want you to be encouraged that you are not in the fire alone. You are not in the fire alone. Jesus is present. His word says that he is an ever-present help in times of trouble. God is for you. He sees you. He is with you. He is the same God that helped Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they got thrown into the furnace. But he's also that same God that helped Daniel when he was thrown into the lion's den. He is the same God that was with Jonah when he got swallowed up by a well and was inside of the well's belly. But he is also that same God that provided a ram in the bush for Abraham when he was about to sacrifice his son. And he's the same God that was able to calm the storms when the disciples were in the boat. He is with you. Let me make it a little bit personal. He's also the same God that took me out of a dark place, a place of hopelessness, and gave me a name, and gave me hope, and gave me purpose. He's the same God that took me out of the abusive relationships and says that I am worthy and that I am deserving of his best. He is the same God that has kept me as I have healed through the trauma of being abused. And he now says that I am whole, I am saved, I am delivered, I am no longer a victim. He is the same God that keeps me as I walk through and heal through grief but I believe that it doesn't end there because I believe that he is the same God that has provided for you in the moment in the moments when you didn't know how you were going to put food on the table for your family and he is the same God that did not allow you to go through that suicide attempt he is the same God that spared you and made a way for you to get out of that abusive, toxic relationship. He is the same God that healed you from a broken heart when you did not know how you were going to move on. He is also that same God that calls you by name, that says you are his when everyone left you, when people used you, when they rejected you, when they abused you. God has been with you. God has been with you and he is there with you. He wants to be there for you. You just have to believe. You have to believe. You have to believe that there is something bigger than yourself. And that is Jesus. That is Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. To hear more messages like this one, please be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. And if you like what you heard, please consider sharing with your friends because it helps so much. Don't forget to connect with us at our website, thecoolchurch.com. And be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at We Are Cool Church. And always remember that you were created out of love.